Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Welcome to our new listeners in Tasmania. We have listeners in every state but no territories. Isn't that sad? No. Ter- oh, no, we have listeners. We do have. We, do, well, we have listeners in every state, but we have radio stations broadcasting in every state except, yes, we do have broadcasts in the ACT. What's the other? Northern Territory. Yes, yes. No, everywhere. The Anarchist World This Week can be heard everywhere. My name's Joseph Toscano. Uh, the Anarchist World This Week is brought to you courtesy of the Community Radio Network. It originates from Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. If the sun's out and you're having a good day, it's a good day, just turn off the radio and go outside. Enjoy the sun. You know, it's not often that you get to get, enjoy a good day. As I said, the program is podcast. You can access the podcast when you're bored and listless. My name's Joseph Scarner. I'm hosting today's program. Now, normally, oh, all right, we'll start off with the definition. What's anarchy? An anarchist society is a society without rulers. Anarchos, without rulers, not without rules. It's a society which is based on two basic principles, equal access to power and wealth. And one way you have access to power, equal access to power through direct democratic principles where you appoint delegates to coordinate decisions at a local, regional and federal level. Society where wealth is held in common and uh, used for the common good. Very conservative, boring, old-fashioned ideas. So if you you want to cut off a few heads, you want to make a few billion dollars on the stock market, well... You can either join IS or you can, you know, become a corporate banker. It's up to you. But if you're interested in things a bit wider than that, keep listening to the Anarchist World this week. Now, let's start off with poor old Cardinal Pell. Now, look, I, you know, sometimes I make comments regarding what's happening and sometimes I don't. And I found it fascinating, fascinating, the reaction to Cardinal Pell's testimony in Rome. And I find it fascinating for one very good reason. Because what it does is it fulfills our expectation there is somebody somewhere who's innately evil and it's their fault and if we can pin, you know, decades of, you know, obnoxious behaviour 
by uh, church groups on one particular individuals, we've solved the problem. It's that catharsis, you know, that mass catharsis. You think, oh, well, that's it. Let's move on to something else. And our Cardinal Pell made one very interesting observation. And it goes to the very heart of what anarchism is all about. And I know you're scratching your head and you think, how is he going to join this together? It goes to the very heart of respect for authority. Because it was common knowledge, and I remember in the 70s and 80s, that things were going on in church institutions and state-run institutions in this country which were quite obnoxious. It was common knowledge, and it was common knowledge through the jokes which you'd hear at that particular point in time. And going back to the 1970s, If you were a pedophile in prison, you could have expected to have you to be beaten to a pulp. I mean, that was the culture at that particular point in time. Because we need to remember, although religious-based groups and also state institutions, remember it's both, both religious state groups and state institutions were responsible for the most horrendous crimes these crimes ultimately occurred because the community, that's us, you and me, didn't speak up. And those that spoke up were ignored, ostracised, maltreated, punished. Because this is a question about authority and power. The fact that people who represent God or the state are basically beyond reproach. A lot of people think, you know, anarchism is some fairy concept where we believe in the innate goodness of human beings. Anarchism is the direct opposite. Anarchism is about the devolution of power about breaking down the power individuals and groups are able to exercise over society. That's its essential element. It's about devolving power. Because we know that each and every one of us put in various circumstances is capable. And I'm talking about myself and you listening to the program and people you know. And history has shown us over and over and over and over and over again that good people who say nothing can be guilty of the most horrendous crimes. And the thing about evil is when you look at it, it looks boringly banal. There is nothing to give you that indication. Although we may talk about cloven hooves and horns. There is nothing to tell you who is evil. It is inherently 
involved or revolves around the ability to exercise power and to be in a position where that exercise of power is not questioned. And if it's questioned, it's automatically disbelieved. And this is what happened. This is what happened around this country for decades. Whether it was the removal of children from Aboriginal families, whether it was the removal you know, of children from uh, single mothers, the forced removal, whether it was the sexual abuse and the physical abuse which occurred in institutions, both religious and not non-religious, based in this country. It was about those in authority being in a position where their power could not be questioned. Where the institutions which were created to protect the individual from exploitation, whether it's the police, whether it's the courts, whether it's the social security system, did not intervene because they were incapable of intervening because of the inequality in power. And that's what it's about. Nobody, nobody should have been able to go around and abuse over 100 children over a period of years in the state of Victoria, like uh, Father, what's his name, Rusdale or whatever his name was, you know? Can't even remember his name. Such an inconsequential human being. But consequential in terms of the lives that that man ruined. So it's all very well to point the finger at Pell, but the finger should be, pill, should be pointed at each and every one of us. Obviously the Catholic Church did what it could to protect its reputation. And other religious-based institutions did what they could to protect their reputation. And state-based institutions did what they could to protect the reputation. And they were allowed to get away with that because of the inequalities in power. See, anarchism is about devolving power. It's about ensuring that megalomaniacs like me and you can never be in a position where we can exercise power and destroy the lives of hundreds, if not thousands. Because the key about human history is the greater the concentration of power in the hands of one person, the greater the mass slaughter which normally occurs, whether it's Pol Pot, whether it's Hitler, whether it's Stalin, and the list goes on and on through human history. When you have an individual or a small group or a clique of individuals who come together to exercise power and have the mechanisms by which to make their dreams, their aspirations a reality, and there is no way that that power can be checked, there are no checks and balances inherit in the system to ensure they don't over-exercise that power, this is what happens, and it happens on a continual basis. Not because we're good or evil, not because we're born with original sin, individuals are tainted with original sin, but because power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, and we know that, and we see it. Whether it's some tin pot little, you know, local priest or religious leader, or some tin pot politician, or some tin pot, you know, corporate uh, leader, or whether it's the head of a country, or the head of a, you know, some massive uh, religious organisation. It's about devolving power, and anarchism is about, about devolving power. It's to ensure, because we are all human beings, we all have cloven feet, we all 
can find ourselves in positions where we do things we would never even think of doing, and that's the that's human history, that we need to be in a situation where everybody can be questioned, their behaviour can be questioned, their behaviour can be brought to account. Because it was common knowledge regarding these pedophile religious leaders. I mean, the tradition in the 70s was you take them out the back and punch the shit out of them. But none of them were actually, you know, assaulted by the communities they live in because they were men of God. They were people in authority. And we're told constantly, we've been told constantly, not to question authority. Not to question those who exercise power. Not to question them. And if we do question them, we are outsiders, traitors, unbelievers. And the list goes on and on. And it's not just authority in terms of structures which are are uh, accepted by society but it's authority in terms of even if unofficial type of power structures which exist throughout the community especially in closed type of communities where there is one person or a small group of person who makes the decisions and exercises that power so the anarchist message is very simple. It's very simple. You ne- if you want to resolve these issues, which are perennial issues, you just don't point at one individual and say, ha-ha, you are the problem. It's a much wider problem than that. I mean, it's easy to say it's one individual. You can destroy the reputation, punch him in the face, put him in jail. It's all solved and nothing changes. It's about breaking down the institutions which give individuals power to affect the lives of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people, whether they are leaders of large corporations or whether they are ordinary individuals in non-official groups who exercise power. So think about it. As I said before, anarchists do not believe in the innate goodness of human beings. We believe that each and every one of us, if put in the right circumstances, is capable of the most heinous acts. And the way to ensure and diminish the damage that can be caused is by devolving power, breaking down power relationships, questioning authority, breaking down hierarchy, ensuring that no individual can continue to abuse on a daily basis because of the position they hold in a particular institution or group. That's what it's about. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3CR 
3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. And now I've noticed a lot of people having kittens. Haven't heard that phrase for a while, have we? Having kittens. I don't know what it means, really, but having kittens about Mr. Trump possibly becoming the Republican contender for President of the United States of America. Irrespective of what you think of Mr. Trump and his ideas, his style and what's coming out of his mouth resonates with a significant portion of people. I mean, at these Republican, uh, you know, love fests where they attempt to pick their uh, presidential candidate, you know, you're not forced to vote for Mr. Trump. All the, the other contenders were pretty lacklustre. You're not forced to vote for him. They're not forced to vote for him. But they're coming out in droves. And it's all very well for the intelligentsia to sit on their ass and say, tut, tut, that man, that man hasn't got the intellect, the temperament, the style to be the next president of the United States of America. But that man could be the next president of the United States of America. And why could he be the next president of the United States of America? Because the American dream is dead. If there ever was an American dream. It's dead. Buried. Composted. Cremated. A little bit like the Australian team. The Australian dream. The fair go. The home ownership. Gone. Composted. And although there are all these associations and state-sponsored committees and, you know, internet chat rooms which push the right line on a constant pace, what I call the new Puritans out there. The fact is, the great majority of people have been left behind. They are being left behind. And why are they being left behind? They've been left behind because human beings in capitalist societies are no longer citizens who determine the future of that country. They are consumers. And the consumer mantra, which you all know, is to consume, defecate, and most importantly of all, die quietly while watching TV or surfing the net. You've got to die very quietly because if you don't die quietly, you can cause a little bit of ruckus. I mean, that's the situation we're told on a common basis, you know. Die quietly. On a day-to-day basis. So, Mr Trump, to a certain degree, has actually been able to tap into that disquiet that exists. But unlike us, where we understand that that inequality, that angst, that pain, is directly related to the domination of every aspect of our existence by unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of their human, social and environmental 
you know, damage these corporations cause, the national damage they cause, Mr Trump is able to point at the other. And it's always nice to be able to blame the other, the person of a different sexual orientation, different colour, different language, different nationality, different culture, different religious orientation. Adolf Hitler was an expert at it. Expert. It's very easy to do that. Very easy. Much more difficult to create an inclusive political, social and cultural organisation which actually challenges the domination of corporate capitalism. Challenges that domination. Challenges the idea that existence is about corporations creating ever-increasing profits for the major shareholders. That's the essence, the being of existence in 21st century capitalist land. And that, that's the issue. That's the central issue. That's why public interest before corporate interest was set up over a year ago. Well, less than a year ago. April last year. Currently... As of today, we have 600 members, 600 people in this country who want, not believe, but who want, demand, desire that public interest be put forward before corporate interests on a daily basis. And it's interesting to see how the local political scene is developing. It's interesting, isn't it? As I said before, when Mr Turnbull... Malcolm Cayman Islands Turnbull was elected six months ago, he had one problem. It wasn't the Australian media who flocked at his feet. It wasn't the opposition which was almost dead in the water. It wasn't the crossbenchers in the Senate. But it was the neoconservative elements within his own political party which only elected him as leader of the Liberal Party in order to ensure their re-election at the next election because they were happy to change the wrapping on the neoconservative package. And what's that neoconservative package? And that neoconservative package was trumpeted over and over again by Mr Tony Kevin Yes, I've given a new name, Kevin Abbott. Because obviously Tony's doing what we said he was going to do. He's destabilising the Liberal Party for his own ambitions, but more importantly, for the ambitions of his backers. Those transnational corporations who understand that if people like us are able to exercise a little bit of power, maybe, maybe they'd have to decrease, decrease the amount of profits which go to their major shareholders. Maybe, maybe they just, they'd have to pay a little bit of tax. Corporate Australia pay a little bit of tax in order to continue to maintain the social security net, continue to maintain some type of public hospital system, continue to maintain some type of public education system, continue to maintain some type of public infrastructure you don't have to pay for every time you whiz down that road. But it's not to be, is it? It's not to be. 
Every time Turnbull has taken a turn, they're waiting for him. They're waiting for him in the corridors of Parliament. The neoconservative thugs, Tony's mates, they're there to disenfranchise, to ensure that irrespective of whether he wins the next federal election, courtesy of the Australian Greens or not, to ensure that Abbott and the policies he's pursuing become mantra in this country. Because it's only took th- it only t- will only take three votes of the Liberal na- of the Liberal Parliamentary Party for them to change a leader, and obviously they're not going to change to Abbott before the next federal election because he's unelectable. His policies are unelectable because he's got a dilemma. Because only one percent of Australia makes up the corporate class, and only fifteen percent of Australians make up the investment class. The other eighty-four percent. A pay-as-you-earn, sorry, the other 84% are basically wage earners or small businesses who have no disposable income to invest or the 33% of Australians who rely on Social Security benefits to survive. So obviously their corporate-friendly policies are not going to work, are they? Are they? So they need a show pony. They need a new wrapping on the box, but they don't want... Turnbull to think he's Prime Minister for life. They want him to be a little bit shaky. They want him to understand we don't want to change the laws to any extent before the next federal election because if you win it for us, baby, if you win it for us, it won't take long before we roll you and then because of that little agreement we've got with the Australian Greens, We'll have a majority in both Houses of Parliament. And hey, presto, all those wonderful ideas which were put in play in 2014 in the budget will be back up for action. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to the website anarchistmedia.org. If you're interested in joining Pipsy or having a look at what they're doing, that's public interest before corporate interest, go to the website pipsy.net. Go to the Facebook page, Public Interests Before Corporate Interests. Have a look. You like what you see? Join. You don't have to be on the electoral roll to join. We are looking for 500 people on the electoral roll so that we can register as a political party. If we don't register before this federal election, we'll be there for the next state election and the next federal election. This is a long haul. This is not just about racing out to have a few candidates in this election. This is about creating a social and cultural and political movement which demands, not beseeches, not begs, but which demands that public interests are constantly put before the interests of unaccountable corporations. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3CR. Dot org dot au. Let's move on. Let's move on.
because we do need to move on because we need to look at reality as we see it. There's no point thinking, oh, if only it was different. If only somebody would do something about that. If only I voted for the right party. Because, see... I'm not a great believer in electoral politics. I believe they provide an opportunity every three years to raise issues. But if you're going to be active, you've got to be active constantly, not just at election time. And to be a good citizen, a bad citizen, a bad citizen in the eye of the state, but to be a good citizen, you need to be active. And what we try to do with the Anarchist Institute, we try to get involved in a number of issues which give the p- people an opportunity to be active throughout the year. For example, public interest before corporate interest is holding monthly rallies on the first, fo- f- first Friday of the month. That's this Friday, the 4th of March. They gather at Federation Square in Melbourne at 4.30pm and then walk to the headquarters of one of the country's tax-shy corporations. And this Friday, if you are in Melbourne, meet down at uh, Federation Square at the corner of Flinders and St Kilda Road, just there across the road from that uh, big church, at that corner there, and then we'll uh, walk down Swanson Street, up Collins Street to 171 Collins Street, the headquarters of the BHB Billiton, the big Australians, got a few problems these days and we may even take a collection to help them overcome their problems. There should be a few cents coming forth. I remember a few weeks ago when the Wednesday Action Group was outside Liberal Party headquarters in Melbourne, we took a collection of 16 cents in order to assist them you know, overcome their financial difficulties after they'd been rorted of about $1.5 million by one of their top bureaucrats. But that's another story. We're here to help. We are here to help. We're here to help the corporate sector. But on a serious note, look, if you listen to this program in Hobart, in Alice Springs, in Canberra, in Adelaide, in Perth, Derby, it doesn't matter where you listen to this program, you can do the same thing. People think it takes a great deal of organisation. It doesn't. You pick a day, you pick a time, you make a few leaflets... You make a few signs and, hey, bingo, before you know it, every private security guard and police officer in the town, you know, is interested in what you're doing. Hey, bingo. And then you get a little bit of interest from your fellow citizens. Because if you leave it to the right channels, if you work up the right channels, if you wait for all these committees to do it for you, you, nothing's ever going to happen. If you wait for the courts to resolve your problems, it's not going to happen. If you wait for the next federal election, there'll be another something else will happen you know, to change the uh, the goalposts. And, uh, you know, you may cast your ballot, but so what? So think about it. Don't be part of the Gunner Tribe. Tear up your membership card of the Gunner Tribe. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And tear up your card to somebody should do something about that tribe. That's got a lot of members of that tribe. They usually sit around internet chat rooms saying, somebody should do something about that or throw insults at the radio and television or rip up their newspapers saying, somebody should do something about that. Well, as public interest before corporate interest continues to say, we are 
the people we've been waiting for. That's right. We are the people we've been waiting for. You want the corporate sector to pay their fair fair share their fair share of tax, don't wait for Parliament to do it for you because most parliamentary representatives belong to major political parties. Their major responsibility is to their party, not to the people they represent. That's why so few of them cross the floor. For example, look at this little deal the Australian Greens and have hatched with the Liberal National Party. Simple deal. You know, see, there's eight crossbenchers in the Senate Disagreeable folk, very disagreeable folk. Most of them didn't actually get their uh, deposits back because they got less than 5% of the vote, or is it 4%? I've forgotten before you get a bit of cash. So the 4 or 5%. And these disagreeable folk have done some horrible things. They have destroyed a lot of people's hopes and aspirations that they'll be able to maximise their profits for minimal effort. Ugly people. They've actually, these horrible, most of these horrible, not all of them, most of these horrible crossbenchers have actually had the audacity to act as the Senate to be a house of review and they've stopped under-25s from not receiving a new start allowance for for the first six months of their unemployment. Horrible thing to do. And they've stopped the introduction of a Medicare co-payment. Disgusting thing to do. And they may stop the, despite threats, they may stop the formation of a uh, star chamber that looks at uh, trade union activists and worker activists, you know, finds them for taking a half a day off to go on a strike or something, you know. And they've, you know, put their foot down as far as Gonski and public education is concerned. And the list goes on and on. I mean, these people aren't perfect. But I'm saying what the system does, it throws up these mavericks, irrespective of what you think about their collective intelligence, most of these mavericks have some real experience about life. And that real experience clouds their judgment as far as their vote is concerned in the Senate because they are not a member of a political party which directs how they shall vote on a particular issue. For example, I know, I know, There are a number of Green senators in this country and many Green members who are concerned. They're concerned that their support for these changes to voting for the Senate will be a Meg Lee's moment for the Australian Greens. Now, the Australian Democrats were a successful political party for over two decades until the leader of the Australian Democrats forged an understanding with John Howard regarding the introduction of the goods and services tax. Didn't need to be introduced if they held their nerve, but they didn't. And that meant the beginning of the end for the Liberal Party, infighting, lack of public support, loss of all their Senate representation, three decades of work, gone to nothing. Disappeared. Gone. Now, I know a number of Green officers around this country have been surprised by the response, the public response to this deal. Now, this deal has not gone through, and seven of the eight crossbenchers will be against this, 
and all the Labor Party senators will be against this. And if we can get three Greens from the ten senators, sorry, nine or ten senators they currently have in the, in Parliament, I think it's ten senators they currently have in Parliament, to cross the floor, it would be enough to defeat this bill. And why am I against it? I'm not against it because I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not against reform as far as the voting system is concerned, but I'm against this reform because it will give the majority to the Liberal National Party on a plate for the next two to three decades. They'll almost, almost be guaranteed the return of 38 senators, which is almost a majority in the Senate because of the way the votes will be counted. And that's the issue. This is about a political system which does everything it can to improve the prospects of the parties involved in that system. And that's what this legislation is about. So if you're unhappy with this legislation, I encourage you to either knock on the door of your senator's office, they've got an office in every capital city, send them an email, telephone them, write them a letter, tell them you're concerned about the future of the Greens. You're concerned this is going to be a Meg Lee's moment for the Australian Greens. You're concerned that the damage it's going to do to the community as a whole. And you wonder, what's the point of going forward with these reforms? Because the ultimate winners will not be the Greens party. The ultimate winners will be the Liberal National Party. That's the dilemma. As I said before, all we need is three Green senators to cross the floor to change the numbers. If they refuse to cross the floor, the legislation is passed and the Australian Greens will pay the political price. They will pay a Meg Lee's price for their treachery. And that's what it is, treachery. Because it's one thing to negotiate with the Liberal National Party. It's another thing to give them victory on a platter through the passage of legislation in the Senate. And you've got to understand that this is legislation they're quite concerned about because they only gave half a day for it to be publicly discussed. And before we know it, it'll be law. And that will allow Mr uh, Turnbull possibly to call a double disillusion election because he knows that the greatest winners will be the Liberal National Party and to a lesser degree... Australian Greens. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It's 3cr.org.au. So if you're a member of the Gunner tribe, you're a member of the Somebody Should Do Something About That tribe, tear up your membership card, join the public interest before corporate interests and uh, get a new membership card. That's right. It'll be over 600, but you will get a new membership card. You can download the application form by going to pipsy.net, pipsy.net. Look at the website, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. And thanks to all those uh, new listeners, radio stations around the country. And there have been a lot of new listeners uh, lately, maybe because of an election coming up, maybe because what we're talking about seems to resonate. And I'll go back. I'll go back a few steps. 
Because if you look at the way things are, you would think to yourself, there is an avenue by which anybody who's got an issue can resolve that issue. But when you access that avenue, you usually find that although that institution is there, your ability to achieve justice isn't there. And that constantly blocks are put in your way, roadblocks are put in your way to ensure you never achieve that justice. So it's all very well to have, you know, some committee and somebody gets paid 300000 or 200000 to look at petrol prices. It's another thing to actually have the power to do something about it. And that's the key, having the power to do something about it. I mean, you can complain till the cows come home, but if you don't have the power to change that decision, well, nothing ever changes. And that's why nothing ever seems to change, does it? I mean, I remember when Mr Bob Hawke said, or Prime Minister Hawke said, was it 81, 82, I've forgotten the exact year, that no child will be living in poverty within the next five years. And we look at the homeless rates and they're increasing. And one third of children. They are increasing. And then we look at the fact that 33% 33% of Australians are on Social Security benefits and people on Newstart's allowances, their uh, benefits haven't increased for 15 years. And then you look, at wa- you look at wage earners, you know, and small business and all those impediments which are put in people's way. You know, average wages have, haven't increased for most workers for years. And those workers that are active in the workplace usually soon find themselves out of a job or if they're part of a trade union, they're basically criminalised in the the mass media. And then we talk about diversity of media and we see laws which are being debated today which give people like News Corporation and Murdoch and News Corporation and 21st Century Fox almost total control of the media in this country. Almost total control. It's quite extraordinary. It's done legally. I mean, every tax CEO, every corporate CEO you see talking about tax says, what are you bitching about, boy? What are you bitching about, girl? What we've done is legal. We've done nothing illegal. And they're quite right. They have done nothing illegal. What they are doing is they're putting pressure on Parliament to pass legislation which ensures that they can legally minimise their tax to nothing and get a tax refund of $886 million when it comes to Rupert Murdoch. It's all done legally. But you don't pay your tax bill and see how soon you're you know, hauled up, drawn up on the coals. Think about it. You don't pay your rates and see what happens. You don't pay electricity bill, you're a gas bill, see what happens. You see large corporations go bankrupt and then rise like a phoenix the next day in a new company and all their creditors are left for dead. And you wonder why there's so much angst. 
Now, if we live in this land of milk and honey, courtesy of the increasing debt, personal debt we all have, if we live in this land of milk and honey, you would think that we would be a happy and healthy people. But the reality is on every social indicator, although living standards have supposedly increased, and access to the you know, to all these electronic gadgets have increased, and the size of our homes have increased, and the number of holidays we can afford have increased. That's for a significant majority of people, not everybody, but a significant number of people. We don't feel satisfied. We don't feel satisfied. And more importantly, an increasing number of people are suffering from anxiety and anger issues and psychiatric issues and depressive issues which they can't really put a finger on. It's quite extraordinary how the more you know, lucky we're supposed to be, the sicker we become. It's extraordinary. When you look at the statistics, it's extraordinary to think of how many people have, are suffering from these issues. And like everything else, like the Pell issue, it's all very well to point at Pell and say, you're the bastard responsible for all this over the last 50 years. But the reality is it's the community as a whole who's responsible. We allow this to happen. It happened on our watch and we did nothing. And those that did something, we, we uh, humiliated and ostracised and said they were liars. Well, it's the same, same issue with 21st century Australia, 21st century capitalism, with corporate capitalism. It's the same issue. As more and more public facilities are privatised, the amount of pressure which is placed on the individual increases and makes our life much more difficult than it should be and increases anxiety and tension and reactive depression and depression which is related to the circumstances we find ourselves in, not some genetic abnormality or some genetic variation, but the actual circumstances we find ourselves in. And whether we, you know, and it's become exceptionally difficult for a lot of people, exceptionally difficult. And you should, and we think, well, why is it difficult? And it's difficult because there's this inability to actually determine the type of future we will have. Because in a capitalist society, what you can do and what you can't do is 100% dependent on your disposable income. And your disposable income is the income you have after you've paid the essential bills. Rent, food, mortgage, clothes. The list goes on and on. Disposable income. You can take that holiday in the Riviera if you've got the disposable income. You could borrow the money, but then when you come back, you've got to pay it back at 15 20% interest when current interest rates are about 3.5%. The Reserve Bank interest rates are 2%. So there's this increasing pressure 
and this pressure revolves on our need, you know, on our desire, not need, but our desire to consume. The bigger house, the flashier car, the latest computer gadget, the iPhone, and the list goes on and on. And we become indebted up to our necks. And we're currently in a situation where we have one of the highest individual debt rates in the world. And what happens if something happens and there's a crash? What happens if you ain't got a job? And that's the problem, isn't it? If you ain't got a job, it's difficult, if not impossible. And it's difficult to open up a small business if you ain't got a job, when you ain't got the disposable income. It's very difficult. It's becoming increasingly difficult, so no wonder stress levels are increasing, no wonder anxiety is increasing, no wonder psychiatric services are increasing, no wonder psychologists, you know, have got full books day in and day out, irrespective of the fees they charge. Because there is a tension in society. There is a tension in not actually having enough time to do anything. There's a tension because we have become robots. We have become human robots which respond to the demands of our corporate masters to make a profit for them. You want to be you want me to be on twenty four hour call? No problem, boss. You want me to answer emails when they come in at two AM in the problem in the morning? No problem, boss. You want me to have a, a, my phone on me at twenty four hours a day in case you need to talk to me? No problem, boss. And the list goes on and on. And obviously, that has the impact on family life. We hear about increasing reporting. Is it increasing reporting of domestic violence? Difficulties in the home. Violent outbursts. More assaults. People with, you know, trigger, fin- trigger happy anger moments. It just takes one little thing to get you going. It's that constant pressure, that constant pressure to perform, to jump through the hoops, to be available 24-7. And again, these are not issues you can brush away. You can go to a psychologist, sort it all out, pop a tablet, it'll all be better. These are issues which continue ad nauseum because they're structural issues. They're issues which are a direct consequence of the type of society we have become and the type of people we've become. As I said before, we are the quintessential consumer. We consume ideas. We consume products. We consume experiences. But that's it. We consume. And then we defecate. It's food. We defecate. If it's ideas, we move on to the next idea and the next idea and the next idea. Culture, cultural experiences, adventures, move on, move on, move on. No time for reflection, none whatsoever. So we find ourselves in this demand type of cycle where there's all these demands which are really not needed in order for people to survive. The demands put on us as individuals in order to maximise somebody's profit, in order to ensure somebody can have a Learjet. It's extraordinary. As I said before, tear up your card. You're not a consumer, you're a citizen. 
or a resident. You're a citizen. Tear up your car to the Gunner tribe. Tear up your car to, oh, I'm going to do something about that. Somebody should be do something about that tribe. Set up your own tribe. Set up your own membership card. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. You can die quietly or you can actually become active. I end the program this way all the time because ultimately the type of society we live in is directly related to what you can do. In the 1970s, we didn't open our mouths about child sexual abuse because we respected authority. It should be a different ball game in 2016. To question, devolve power, create alternatives. Now is the time. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast via the Community Radio Network. Welcome to our new listeners in Tasmania. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast at any time by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us. Yes, I answer letters. I answered 47 letters last week. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. We do answer emails. Not on the day we receive them. We just take our time. It takes a day or two. We're not Pavlov's dog. We don't respond automatically. You can email us at anarchistage at, you, anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. Interested in Pipsy? 600 members as of today. Uh, you can give me a ring on 0439 395 489. You can go to the website, uh, pipsy.net. You can email us at info at pipsy.net. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Don't forget, we need new members for the West Papuans Independence Rent Collective. We need 10 new members. If you're interested, give me a call, 0439 395 489. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station next week. Welcome to all the new listeners. And uh, once again, tear up your membership card to the Gunner Tribe. Somebody should do something about that. Somebody should do something about that tribe. And remember, we are the people we've been waiting for. Nobody else is going to do this for you. You need to do it for yourself and for the people around you. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week. It is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Have a bit of fun. Send the podcast to the most reactionary, neoconservative person you know. Send them the podcast of the anarchist world this week. They may have a stroke. They may change their mind. You never know. Either way, you won't have a problem with this person in the future. Thank you once again for listening to the anarchist world this week on your local community radio Station. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Brainwash minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.